the offseason, through the wins and the losses. It's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. We have you here on One Giant Step, and we are taping this following already a big domino to fall in the NFL as the Detroit Lions, who are another playoff contender like our New York Giants in the NFC, knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, which firmly puts the Lions now, I think, to start the year as a team where a lot of people are trendy, a lot of people are hot on. You can't necessarily call them a fluke. But where this does tie into the Giants, I think, is setting our bar and setting our expectations for the newly minted, newly signed franchise quarterback, uh, where we don't have to worry about if this is his last year. If not, and that's Daniel Jones. You saw Patrick Mahomes, I think for the first time in his career, look extremely ordinary. Now, he still played a, a, a heck of a game. You still thought that he was going to find a way to get the Chiefs into the end zone or field goal territory and win, and it just didn't happen. Now. The Lions completely ate up the line of scrimmage, which is a big thing we'll get to on the Giants in a second versus good teams. But number two, look at the weapons that Patrick Mahomes are throwing to. Gone is Juju Smith-Schuster. We know that Tyreek Hill is gone. So that was kind of the first domino. They replaced him with Juju Smith-Schuster. Travis Kelsey could not play in that game last night. He does so much for that chief offense. And here are the Kansas City Chiefs. With former giant Kadarius Toney as one of their starting wide receivers. Uh, with Sky Moore, who got basically zero ta- targets. A guy named Justin Watson. Uh, let's not forget punt returner Richie James, who was the Giants' most reliable third down target. Was not, in theory, good enough as a wide receiver to break through with some of these guys on the Chiefs who just did not do enough at all in the spot versus the Lions. And the Chiefs looked extremely ordinary, scoring 20 points in a game with the best quarterback on the planet. Why does this matter? It, to me, further solidifies what many of us who have been pro-Daniel Jones have believed for a long time. And it breathes, I think, a little bit of relief in this thought. The weapons matter. That wasn't just an excuse. When Daniel Jones throws 15 touchdowns and everybody ignores that he ran in seven and goes, ha ha, how could that happen? When Daniel Jones isn't some kind of 4,000-yard receiver, uh, thrower, and we talk about how many times last year, it was Marcus Johnson, David Sills, Kenny Galladay dropping passes early in the year. Uh, Kadarius Toney, an asset, uses the number one receiver. Is he on the field? Is he off the field? Is he even reliable when he's on the field? And Richie James becomes the most reliable receiver down the stretch. He's not even good enough to crack that squad with the Chiefs where their wide receiver room is a complete mess. The best quarterback on the planet just showed you even he will absolutely struggle if you don't provide him enough weapons. And Daniel Jones, now this year, you hope that the Giants have taken significant steps in providing him weapons and we could throw that excuse out the window. What the Giants are going to put on the field on Sunday night is better than what the Chiefs put on the field last night. Yes, Travis Kelsey didn't play. He was hurt and that's a big deal. Adding Darren Waller, who, by the way, was was traded for with a third-round pick gotten from the Chiefs for Kadarius Tony, is a huge deal. I don't know what the usage will be for Jalen Hyatt on Sunday night. I do know that when you invest that third-round pick and he has speed like that, they're going to find a way to get him on the field, and his role will ever evolve as the year goes on, and his mere speed presence you know, should open up things for the Giants. They added Paris Campbell, a guy who's had a lot of health questions, but when he played like he played last year with bad quarterback play, still was pretty freaking good. 
That's a big deal. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, this is important to note. The Giants last year, pre-getting Isaiah Hodgins to post Isaiah Hodgins, moved up 10 spots in the NFL's offensive rankings for points per game. So where they were, I think it was 21st in the league points per game in an offense that did not have Isaiah Hodgins. From the moment Isaiah Hodgins started playing for the Giants through the end of the year, the Giants' offense, if you just took from that point on only ranking offenses, was 11th in the league in points per game. Adding one reliable route runner moved the Giants' 10 pegs in points per game. So the Giants have, in my opinion, I won't call it a complete room because Paris Campbell could be gone in a year. Let's hope Darren Waller stays healthy. Let's see Jalen Hyatt continue to evolve. And if they press him or or what have you, what happens? What you saw out of Thursday night football to start the year was validation, in my opinion, that it, weapons matter. It, it does. The, even the greatest quarterback in the world, if you give him dog food at weapons, it is going to be an extreme chore. And Daniel Jones isn't as good as Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes only putting up 20 points last night. Now, again, they got dominated in the line of scrimmage. You saw that when the Lions had an offensive line that made a difference. You hope for the Giants' sake that Evan Neal takes a step and John Michael Schmitz, you know, the struggles are minimized as a center. Um, you'd like to see the Giants win a lot of lines of scrimmage and open up the run holes for Saquon Barkley so the Lions run the ball well last night. But I think you really could take a lot out of Thursday night football and, and where the New York Giants stand right now. Uh, and, and just kind of twist ahead. 